Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week on the podcast, Bizarre from D12. Can you believe it? 1996 that group started, but it was in 2001 with the release of Devil's Night and then 2004's release of D12 World that propelled them onto superstardom with tracks such as Purple Pills, My Band, The Lot. We're going to talk about when Bizarre first met Eminem. We're going to talk about Obi Trice. We're going to talk about the well-documented drug problems that Bizarre is making an effort to overcome to this day. It's all coming up. It's going to be a good one. Before we get to our interview with Bizarre, I'm joined right now with one of my other favourite rappers, Definity Rocks. How are you, Definity? What's up, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, you know me, Definity can't complain, never do. You've been on tour. You've been doing a whole host of things, including, and I do believe you're in the midst of a European tour right now. Is that right? Well, we just came off of a European tour uh, with uh, with my solo band, and we were touring on my last album, The Rocks Box Experience. Um, it was really exciting. We went to uh, Germany and Sweden and Poland, and uh, and we had a really, really, really incredible time. Met a lot of new fans, people who I had no idea even knew anything about me. It was so dope because it was basically very little promotion, no new album. And um, and we were able to, to rock some shows, so I'm excited. We're planning another one in uh, September. That's really cool. I mean, right now it's a three-piece. It's back to the grassroots level. What's it been like going back to that three-piece band? Very, very powerful. That's my favourite, favourite configuration. The three-piece, the power trio. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because everybody has to be so on point you know so uh so that that's always fun for me and i was playing with an incredible drummer by the name of stacy lamont he's toured with quite a number of people right now he he plays with the jacksons um he's played with missy elliott um he's toured with a lot of a lot of big names and um and i was playing with my favorite guitar player omar guzmao who's played a lot on my albums in the past so it was fun man we had a blast Right, so you've got that tour. The tour coming up in September. There's bass clinics on the go as well. But let's talk more about the band as far as the material that you've got on the go. What kind of stuff are you playing? Um, is it covers? A mixture of your own stuff? What's happening? Oh man, we're we're, we're playing all originals from uh, from my la- from my last EP, the Rocksbox Experience. So we're playing some songs from that record. We played a few covers. One of my favorite covers to play, of course, is a Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of. I love playing that. And uh, and I think it's so relevant even today, that record. So I love playing that record. Um, we also added a Victor Wooten tune uh, onto the set this time. And, uh, and I gave everybody a little snippet into some of the new stuff that I've been working on and I've been recording for my, for my new album. So, 
you know, it was it was really exciting to play the Luxbox experience and to revisit that EP um, and to look for the future, look toward the future into the new stuff that I'm working on. We mentioned the London clinics. How excited are you about that? You've got Stu Ham. Tell us all about this. Oh, so I'm getting ready to play the London-based guitar show March 7th and 8th. Um, it's a huge guitar show. It's my first time being invited. Uh, there are going to be some really great bass players there. So uh, I don't know. I'm going to do. A, I'm going to perform, of course. But this time, I'm not going to be able to take the uh, the band that I took uh, to Europe with me. I'm going to take um, some of my European friends out with me from Belgium, and I've played with them quite a bit around Belgium um, and and France. So I'm excited to play with them. I haven't seen these guys in a long time. So we're going to do a show on the seventh, and then on the eighth, I'm going to teach a master class. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited about the master class. I like teaching. I'm getting more and more into it. Um, but I'm also a little nervous about it. <laughs> but we'll go over some rapping and playing bass and some different rhythms and, you know, you know, kind of just talk to people about what it's like to tour and to be an artist as well as a bass player because I think that's kind of unique. It sounds really exciting indeed. I would love to be there. Seventh and eighth. Get yourself down there in London if you're in the area. Now, Definity, I called you today because I thought hip hop, rap, it's all under the same umbrella. How excited are you be on a podcast with Bizarre? How cool are D12? Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's really super dope. I'm so glad you thought about me, man. Really, I really appreciate it. Well, the thing is, I thought I'd give you a call because you're the only person that can make my music sound good. That time we were jamming in Los Angeles, it was sounded really funky. We had a good time. That was really cool. When are you coming back, man, so we can do some more of that? Uh, hopefully this summer. Um, I'm trying to persuade our mutual friend Tanya to pay for my flight, so I'll, I'll let you know how I got on. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm really, I'm really excited because Tanya just became, not only is she my base sister, but now we are endorsed by the same company, Warwick. So she just received her Warwick amp in the mail the other day. She came by and borrowed the LWA 1000. It's so dope to have all these incredible sisters and bass. As a matter of fact, for the Warwick Bass Camp, it's going to be an all-ladies camp. Um, it's going to be really cool because there are going to be a number of women who are going to be teaching, uh, notable bass players. Um, one of my really good friends, Antonella, is going to be one of the teachers there. Um, Teresa Morini is going to be teaching. Uh, Ariane Cap, who I met at Victor Wooten's Bass Camp. She's an incredible bass player. Um, she's going to be teaching there as well. I think we're going to have a performance by, uh, I, I, my band is definitely performing. I believe Nick West's band is going to be performing. So it's just going to be a really great time for a bunch of women to come together who all love the bass guitar, learning and teaching, you know, having a good time. Excellent. I was trying, going to try and figure out a way of getting a plug for our friend Tanya in there, but you mentioned it yourself. She's now part of the Warwick family. I've also seen that on the internet, our, based, uh, our new rig getting delivered to the house. So um, absolutely fantastic. Now, we've got Bizarre coming up. Superb interview, no doubt, ahead. Anything you want me to ask Bizarre? Anything you can think of, Definity? Oh man, what's new? What's going on? What's what's going to be happening next? That's what I want to know more than anything. I think everybody wants to know uh, what's going to be happening next and what's the next project going to be like and, and you know, where can we get it and how can we get into it and are you going to be performing? You know, that's one of the things I would love to know. Excellent. Uh, 
Superb. I mean, we were totally excited about the thought of D12. There's rumours that they're, they're getting back together and they're going to be recording an album. So I'm with you on that one. We need to find out what's happening soon. Definity's going to stick around with us. She'll be here very soon. Coming up now, Bizarre. It's going to be a good one. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast with none other than Bizarre. How are you today, sir? How's it going, man? What's going on? We're just in the studio here talking to yourself as well as just mixing a bunch of different podcasts. Now, no doubt you've been in the studio recently. What's been happening? Oh, man, just been grinding, man. Grinding on the move, man. You know how it is. Getting it in, man. Now, last year you had a great single out called Pray For Me. It got a lot of attention on the internet. Can you tell us the thinking behind the writing of that single? Uh, Pray For Me, man. Oh, man, it's just, just, you know, just an emotional song, man. It's about a battle, a battle in between, uh, you know, drug addiction, man. And, you know what I'm saying? Saying, you know, pray for me, man. And uh, keep me in your prayers and just... You know, something, something positive from Bizarre. Something that the world never seen before. Yeah, because it was a little bit of a departure from your previous stuff in a sense that um, a lot of people maybe recognise you as the, the funny guy from D12, for lack of a better term. But was it good for you? Was it exhilarating showing that emotional side of yourself, Bizarre? Oh, man, you know, you just grew up in Toledo, man. And, you know, and, you know, dealing with... Uh, you know, being on drugs for the whole time on the south side of Toledo. It just, uh, you know, it was just something different, man. I just kind of wanted to, to, you know, express it, man. You know, music is all about emotions, and, you know, I don't think you should hide them from your fans. Excellent. Now, tell us about your songwriting process, Bizarre. Does it differ every time? Is it lyrics first? Is it beats first? Talk us through it. Oh man, I think uh, process of that. Uh, actually, uh, I shared. I actually like shared a couple of tears in the studio when I wrote this song. Man, it was it was an, kind of an emotional song for me, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, I just never knew it was gonna come out like that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I, I like the song, man. I think I think it might go out as one of one of my favorite songs. Superb. Now, as far as D12 go, there's a lot of different rumours. A lot of people say you guys are back together. There should be an album coming out soon. What's the latest? Ah, uh, what's the latest? Ah, uh, man, you know, everybody's just grinding, man. You know, it's, it's a process, man. You know, you know, everybody's older now. You know, a lot, a lot, doing a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, we, we just uh, try to take it slow, man. We just, you know, we just did our first show um, as a group. Uh, like two weeks ago in LA at the Cannabis Cup, you know, and that, and that was a good feeling. So you know, it, it's coming along. You know, slowly but surely, but it's you know, it's something definitely that everybody wants to do. So you know, we you know, we, we just gotta set the time up and just go in there and knock it out because you know everybody is older now and we're, we're more uh, you know uh, entrepreneurs. You know. I got an album out right now called Dab Life that's, you know, I'm touring on. Conniver's got a history of violence. Swifty's got an album out. So, you know, 
you know, we're all doing our thing solo as as well as trying to find time to, you know, do this group album. That's excellent. It's glad to see that and, and hear that so many of the guys in the band are doing different things and are, are doing so many projects that are really, really positive. Because I think a lot of us in 2006, when Proof, uh, unfortunately, um, passed away, um, how devastating was that for the band? And can you take us back to that time and when you found out about the news? Uh, actually, uh, I found out, uh, before I got a phone call, like four o'clock in the morning, I was in Atlanta and, uh, they told me he had passed away, but they also told me that I was a, a suspect in the, in the shooting. So, you know, it was kind of double emotion. I'm like, well, you know, what are they talking about? Man, I'm not even in, I'm not even in Michigan. I mean, I'm in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was, it was a crazy time, man. So, uh. I took the news real hard. That's unfortunate that you were, they thought you were a suspect. What was the, the deal behind that bazaar? Oh, uh, actually, um, somebody had uh, used my name. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get all the details about it, but somebody had said they were me. One of his friends that was at the hospital with him, they said they were me. You know what I'm saying? So that's how, uh, you know, my name got caught up in, in the mix of that. Take us back to the very first time that you heard Obi Trice and how you discovered them. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. <laughs> Obi Trice, oh man. You know, uh, Obi Trice, his name was buzzing around the city. You know what I'm saying? Detroit, Detroit. You know what I'm saying? He, he had already had a 12-inch out pause. And um, he had already had a 12-inch out. And uh, he was kind of doing his thing in the underground scene. And so I heard about him, so I um, reached out to him. I kicked it to him a couple of times. He had came over my house, and uh, he had this rap about him uh, being homeless and having nowhere to go. And, uh, man, this, this this song was this rap. He kept, it was just so heartfelt. You know what I'm saying? This song was just so heartfelt that uh, it, made me, it made me want to work with him. So... Uh, you know, shortly after I had uh, when pitched pitched them to Marshall, you know what I'm saying, and um, you know I pitched them to Marshall, and uh, they hooked up, and I was like, "Yo, Obi, yo, kick that, kick that rap about you being homeless," and um, you know, Obi, Obi kicked the kicked the rap, and uh, it was a rap ever since then. You know what I'm saying? He was on. Wow. So, what was Eminem's reaction then? Was he impressed? Oh man, he was definitely impressed. You know what I'm saying? He was signed two weeks later. <laughs> that is superb. I bet you Obi Trice has got a lot to thank you for, Bizarre. That's superb. Now, similar kind of question. The, f- the first time you met Marshall, the first time you heard him rap, talk us through that. First time I heard Marshall? Yeah. Uh, the first time I heard Marshall was at the, the hip hop shop. I was a little kid. I think I was like 17. I was just like, man, who is that white dude, man? He's amazing, man. And, um, you know, that was the first time I met him. But, uh, you know, um, he used to come to the hip-hop shop, but but he didn't come. He didn't come often. He came, like, every blue moon. So he was like a, he was like a mystery. He was a mystery man. So uh, when he came, it, you know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, a big thing. I'm talking to Bazaar on the Talk Music Podcast, and now I'm going to tell you about the previous episodes of the podcast, all available at scottcowie.com. 
Episode 1, we had Glenn Matlock from The Sex Pistols. A week later, we had Huey Morgan from The Fun-Loving Criminals. Then Sandy Tom, Brian Ray from McCartney's Band, Ori Anthe, Bob Jacobs, who's the head spokesman of NASA, Dr. Phil Toll, that's Metallica's therapist, Graham Clark from Wet Wet Wet, then Andy McKee, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene, then Cliff Goldmacher, Steve White, then Martin Taylor, MBE, followed by Stuart Copeland, Dweezil Zappa, Martin Harley, Julian Lennon, Carol Kay, Tommy Emanuel, Kaki King, John Gom, Nick West, Thomas Lang, Rhonda Smith, Glenn Sobel, Ailey McKellar, then Jennifer Batten, Larry Graham, Newton Faulkner, Jack Bruce, Antoine Dufour, Vivi Rama, Warren Hurt, Jeff Friedo, Janine Leah, Robert John in the Wreck, Rachel Plast, Ted McKenna, Steve Gadd, Dan Wilson, Agent John, Kitzinger and George Johnson from the FBI, and I'm not making that up. Then Norman Watroy from the Blockheads, Peter Erskine, JJ Gilmore, Daniel Callahan, Tommy Emmanuel came on for his part two, Nora Germain, Chad Wackerman, Lights, then Chuck Buddy Thornton. That is a mouthful. That was 50 previous episodes, all available at scottcowie.com, iTunes, SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, review, download, and also check us out on Stitcher Radio. Now, from Eminem, obviously he's very famous for working with Dr. Dre as well. Tell us what Dre is like in the studio. Talk us through it, Bizarre. What's he like? Oh, man, Dre is fun, man. He's he's, he's fun, man. You know, when I first... Uh Probably we was gonna go to the studio with him, man, with a lot of a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of pressure about uh, you know, going to the studio with Dre. But uh, you know, he made his reveal real comfortable, man. He's real down to earth, dude. Uh, you know, what I'm saying he he's very in tune to what's going on. And uh, actually, you know, I think the first time he met me, met me, he quoted some of my lyrics, and uh, that just blew me away, man. So uh, it, it was fun working with Dre, man. He's uh, definitely a good dude to work with in the studio. Now, out of all of the people that you've recorded with and just generally got the chance to perform with, is there anybody that you haven't yet um, that you would like to? Um, yeah, uh, Missy, Missy Elliott. Right. Uh, Pharrell. Uh, Pharrell, definitely. Um... That's some yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody else I kinda I really work with everybody I really wanted to work with. Um, you know, Eminem, you know what I'm saying, once you get it to that level with Dr. Dre and fifty cent, you know, I've already I've already worked with a lot of legends already, you know what I'm saying? Uh um, I probably wanna do something with system of it now, but they I don't think they're a group anymore, so Do you know what? Do you know what, Bizarre, of all the people that I thought you might have said, I wouldn't have pictured System in the Down, but do you know what, I'd still like to hear that, no doubt. <laughs> now, you have to tell us the story about the shower cap and how that became your trademark on stage. Oh, my trademark, well, uh, I was in Toledo. Uh, my mom, Mr. F.I.A., had just got a divorce, and I was kind of shut down. So um, I had, uh, actually, you know, D12 was doing their first show, um... And, you know, it was time for a lobby check. And basically, you know, I was in the bathroom playing around. I put on this, this old, like this little cheap shower cap that the, that the hotel had had. And I did it for a joke. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to come out to the room. I want everybody to laugh. So I came right out. So everybody started laughing, whatever. And uh, Mark LaBelle was like, yo, that's dope. 
that's dope, man. You should wear that, man. I'm like, what? So I ended up wearing it on stage that night at the show and emceeing it. And then, like, next time I had a show, they had, like, 50 shower caps there for me to choose. So, you know, I started wearing them off there, you know, starting the thing. But then uh, I think it was our second or third video, Fight Music. And, uh, you know, we was doing a video, and I was like, uh, I came with no shower cap on. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, you know, didn't think it was that serious. And Marshall was like, yo, where the hell is your shower cap at? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He was like, man, you got to get a shower cap, man. So they stopped the whole video. They made somebody go out and find me a shower cap. And then basically, you know, after that, you know, I was basically told that, you know, I could not have my shower cap. <laughs> and lastly, if you get any advice for any young rappers trying to make it in the business that you've been so successful in, any advice at all? Any advice for any young rappers trying to make it? Yeah. Oh, man, it's such a different game, man, since from when we came up, you know what I'm saying? So the approach is totally different from what we did. Actually, it's, it's, it's kind of more, I think it's more better now. The advice I would give a man is, to, um, you know, invest in yourself. You know what I'm saying? Invest in, in what you believe in. You know what I'm saying? You got to invest in yourself. And, you know, invest in yourself. And that, that, don't, that don't mean just money. That means time. That means craft. That means practicing. And, you know, you'll see the results. And, you know what I'm saying? The prize at the end will, will definitely be what you want to get. And just know this is what you want to do, man, and put 100% into it. And, you know, it'll, it'll come back and work for you. Super bizarre. Absolutely brilliant talking to you today. Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, man, you can find me at all the porn sites. Uh, <laughs> kissing midgets. Uh, no, man, you can uh, find me. My Instagram is bizarre. Everything's Bizarre's World. You know what I'm saying? Look out for Bizarre's World reality show coming soon. Um, bizarre's World, uh, Instagram, Bizarre's World, Twitter, Bizarre's World. Facebook, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah, just reach out to me, man. And um, check check my website, man, soon. I, I, should, I should be coming to the UK probably this summer for some of the festivals. That would be brilliant. Listen, uh, look forward to seeing you in the UK then, Bizarre. Absolutely brilliant talking to you today. Um, shout out to Scotland, man. Yeah, man, we'll hope shout to see you in to Scotland. Give us a shout when you come over. I um, mean, no, 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 no. Why not? Ireland, right? You, you call it Ireland or Scotland? I'm from Scotland. We're just very close to Ireland, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. You're from Scotland. Okay, that's what's up, man. I like Scotland. Scotland, are, they're, they're, they're rebels, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the first time we went to London. And, uh, and you know, uh, you know, in the UK, soccer is very serious. And, uh, you know, and, and overseas, I, I didn't really know that you guys don't really, you guys don't really deal with with racism like like we do in America. It's more, it's more like really what country you're from than what what your race is. And uh, we was in we was in London <laughs> and we was about to go to Scotland. I think we were going to Glasgow. And uh, people from London was like, "You're going to you're going to Glasgow." 
Watch out for those dirty Scots. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Eng- uh, just to, to give you an idea, the English hate us and we hate the English generally. So, um, so you know that better for the next time. But listen, uh, whenever you're in Glasgow, give us a shout. I'm sure you have a great time. It's great crowds here and we all love D12 and we all love Bazaar. All right, man. We love you too, man. All right, take care. Big shout out to Jeff. Thanks for that bazaar. Really appreciate it. I'm going to tweet you just now. Look out for me. All right, cool. Awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Talking to bazaar there. Learning all about D12, Eminem. It's all good. I am back now with the bass legend, rapper, extraordinaire, Definity Rocks. Now she has got, we were talking about it earlier, I've been tweeting all week about her new single, I've been tweeting, retweeting, all that mother jazz. Definity, tell us about the single We Are. Man, the single We Are was inspired by everything that's happening around the world. I think we don't have to go into detail about all of the disasters and tragedies that we have been experiencing as a human race. No matter what color you are, what religion you believe in, we are all deeply, deeply hurt when we see other people going through pain. And I think that that's one of the things that connects us as human beings. So this record is is called We Are. It's funny because a former professor of mine, Dr. or uh, um, June Jordan, who taught at the University of California, Berkeley, she taught a class called Poetry for the People that I was privileged enough to attend when I was at UC Berkeley. She actually wrote a poem called We Are the Ones We've Been Waiting For. It was in honor of a protest by South African women um, protesting apartheid. And she read this poem in front of, um, in front of the UN in 1978. It's really beautiful for me to be able to express this same sentiment through song um, because she used to always tell us and teach us that what we did as artists was actually really important to the world. And if we had two minutes to say anything to the world we wanted to say, what would it be? And over the years, I've written quite a number of songs and expressed myself quite a number of different ways. But I believe that this is the most important way to express myself as an artist and the sentiment is that we are the ones we've been waiting for i think each one of us think that the next president or the next congress or the people that we vote into power are going to be the ones who change the world and who fix all the problems in the world but that's not the case it really boils down to you and i having a shift in our own consciousness having the ability to just help someone in our way, in the way that we can touch people's lives, then we can see the world actually start to change. So that's kind of like why I wrote this song. It's a really beautiful song and uh, and I'm really proud of it. And uh, my little cousin actually is a young activist who's been out in the world filming. He went to Ferguson to film what was going on there. And he actually put together a really nice lyric video Um, of all the conflicts you know the conflicts that are happening now are similar to the conflicts that have happened over the last over the whole course of civilization so at what point will we change as human beings and actually really 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 try to live in harmony and in peace and realize and recognize the oneness that we all have with each other so that's the song we are you can check it out on itunes um the lyric video is on my YouTube channel. 
Dibby Baby. You can go to my website, divinityrocks.com, and check out the song. It's on my Bandcamp page. Um, and it really is a beautiful song. So I'm glad that, that you asked me about it. And thank you for retweeting it. It means so much to me. Um, I'm not a, I'm not on a record label. I don't have a big corporate sponsor backing me. I don't. My parents were not rich, <laughs> so I cannot go to them and say, "Hey, drop a hundred thousand dollars on me so I can promote my album." No, it really, really, really requires people like you, people who believe in this music, people who believe in me as an artist, musicians, uh, to to spread the word and support this type of movement. So. I appreciate it. No, great answer. And we've all been, I've been talking to a bunch of people about uh, the single. Uh, it's, you, the passion is really coming through there as you're talking about it. And I think it's a lot better in a way, going slightly off the point, but the, you mentioned that you're not with a multinational label. You're building things from the ground up, but therefore you're a lot more proud of it in a way because you've got a lot more control of it. And I think that really comes across the way you're speaking about it there. And of course, in the single itself. So it's all good. Check it out. Definity rocks both on Twitter, on Facebook. She's got a whole host <laughs> of things coming up. It's all good. Thanks to Definity. Thanks to Bazaar. Thanks to all you guys. And we will see you guys next week. Before we go, Definity, any last words on anything? Um, man, you just keep doing what you're doing. And anytime you need me to come on, let's do it, man. <laughs> yeah, really listen, you're, you. you're part of the family, man. We'll get you on. We'll get you on every single week. Before you know it, you'll have taken my job. You know. Oh, and we've got to make a record together. we got to figure that out. Uh, yeah, listen, we'll make that happen. If we've got to do it over Skype, we'll do it over Skype. But you heard it here first, Definity Rocks and myself recording some sort of record. I don't know what style of music it's going to be, but listen, and not being funny, because I'm not a boastful person, neither are you, but ladies and gentlemen, see when we're together on a stage, we click. And you know that's the case, yeah, right, do. Definity? Okay, Yeah. enough of us talking about how great we are. We will see you guys next week. Bye.